the looks of this, the greatest man that ever lived is not dressed to compete right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and, and we've seen on social media over the last few days uh, a matchup that occurred during this tour here in California between Shinsuke Nakamura and Austin Aries. You saw that kick, right? I saw it. I wasn't even in the ring, and I felt it. Well, you can add that gem to the list. The list of Corey Graves and all the fantastic things that he says on commentary. If there isn't a list like that out there in the world of professional wrestling, I think I'm going to be the man to start it. That's for sure. I'm Chris Morrison. You know me from Aftermath. I'm your sports entertainment analyst. And this is the return of the 20-minute time limit podcast. Yes, that's right. Last week, uh, you know what? Time management just wasn't my specialty last week. And uh, so I missed doing an episode of the 20-minute time limit podcast. I did Aftermath and I did the Top Turnbuckle podcast, uh, which I did today uh, with Mike ADC and Brandon Pollock. Uh, We reviewed Hell in the Cell. We talked about Raw. We talked about SmackDown. And you know what I haven't done in a while on this podcast? I haven't talked about NXT. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with a little NXT talk. The Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic looked a little different this week. We're in round two, and we had a one-on-one matchup between Roderick Strong and Shane Thorne. Yes, that's right. In a tag team tournament, we had a one-on-one match, and that is because Roderick Strong's partner, Austin Aries, was injured. And if you didn't have a chance to see the video or see the picture, I've tweeted it out on the 20-minute time limit Twitter account. Uh, Basically, Austin Aries in a match with Shinsuke Nakamura took a vicious, vicious kick to the head. I think there's even a picture of Shinsuke Nakamura's foot out there. That's a little. That's unconfirmed at this point, but I can confirm. Uh, Austin Aries, the greatest man that ever lived, uh, has looked better. Let's just say that. And uh, so, as as we heard right off the top, Corey Graves uh, with a gem. I gotta give a shout out to the revival. I mean, if you guys haven't seen their promo tonight against DIY Do It Yourself, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, now they claim injury. So they couldn't perform in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which allowed DIY to advance with, without having to wrestle the Revival. Uh, but their promo tonight was just absolutely... Like, these guys are old school, right? No flips, just fists. They're, I've said this a lot. They're, they remind me of the Brain Busters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And... Man, did they just cut an old school promo uh, talking about jamokes, talking about doctors, talking about being the top guys, talking about clinking their championship belts. Like these guys believe in who they are and it shows on the mic. You know, I, you guys hear it all the time. I talk about the Shawn Michaels boyhood syndrome. You know, I'm here in NXT. I'm here in WWE to be the best. And, and, and you know, I've dreamed about this moment ever since. And it's like these guys get it. Whether or not they're heel or I'm pretty sure even if they were babyface. These guys just believe in who they are and in what they are. And it's in their name, right? No flips, just fists. They're old school and uh, absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. And you looked even at the the reaction by Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano in the ring. Like that just sold it even more. Absolutely fantastic. I, I can't believe I've I've neglected NXT 
or at least talking about NXT uh, for for the last couple weeks. And of course, I've got to touch on Bobby Roode and the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. Now, Bobby Roode attacking Ty Dillinger from behind that devastating DDT or the lift DDT. I don't know. I'm not Mauro Ronaldo, so I don't know the names to all these moves anymore. But uh, absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait to interview Bobby Roode. Yes, that's right. The glorious one himself will be on the Top Turnbuckle podcast on Friday. And I will have that interview for you with the glorious Bobby Roode. I'm going to hopefully get a chance to talk to him about the glorious bombs with Ciampa and Gargano. Uh, obviously ask him about his match against Ty Dillinger at NXT TakeOver Toronto. Uh, I cannot wait for that interview. So everybody keep your eyes peeled uh, for the Top Turnbuckle podcast Bobby Roode interview. You know, looking at this Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, I, I mean, I'm looking at all the the fixtures, and I'm thinking to myself, man, like, what did I think was going to happen at the beginning of this tournament? And I'm looking at this, and I'm going, you know, DIY doesn't surprise me. The Authors of Pain don't surprise me. Sanity, I had no idea who they are. But I kind of am not surprised that they've made it this far. And same with Nick Miller... You know what, though? I will say, TM61, I am surprised they are where they are. I thought maybe we would have got Austin Aries and Roderick Strong. However, maybe because of the inner, sorry, the injury to Austin Aries, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's why uh, Nick Miller and uh, Shane Thorne moved on. So, you know what? I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see the finale happen at NXT TakeOver Toronto. I'm excited to see Mickey James back in the ring. How cool is that? I know I haven't been talking about NXT, so i got to talk a little bit about Mickey James coming back. You know what? Extremely excited for Mickey James, and I'm excited to see her. I will be at NXT TakeOver Toronto at the ACC. Um, what do I think about this? Now, you've got Asuka, who is just basically tearing up the whole division. I mean, there's really nobody in the division right now to challenge her. So for me, having Nikki, sorry, Mickey James uh, show up and challenge Asuka in a one-off match now, Mickey James could upset her, but then she could also just be a, a, a good opponent, a nice, solid opponent for Asuka, uh, and maybe Asuka just dominates her. But you know what, man? I think we've seen this before out of Mickey James, right? Now, you know, if memory serves me correctly... I'm pretty sure back in the day, Mickey James upset Trish Stratus in like one of her first matches or something, or beat her for the women's championship at some point, and it was a shock. So, you know what, Mickey James, she could shock the world again. She could shock NXT. I also like what I'm seeing from Billy Kay and Peyton Royce and, and, and uh, Liv Morgan and Aaliyah. Uh, that was a, a, an episode a week ago from this episode, and I uh, absolutely loved it. I loved the viciousness and the attitude from Royce and Billy Kay. Uh, that move where they uh, they whipped Liv Morgan onto Billy Kay's knee, amazing. Uh, and you know what? Just the the emotion, the crowd in NXT. I know I kind of rag. I've been ragging on them for the chance and the humming to. Um, Shinsuke, sorry, Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song, uh, but you know what? They, you know, they were lit for Aaliyah to come back in the ring and save save Liv Morgan. So, in my opinion, all good things happening in NXT. And you know what? It's funny about this, and I can't wait to ask uh, Bobby Roode about this. It is and he because he is a part of it. Is just every time 
WWE calls up somebody from NXT. We, everybody worries. Oh, you know, how's the women's going to division? How, how's the tag team division going to do? Oh, who's going to challenge for the NXT championship? They always find somebody to replace what they've lost. And, and it's absolutely amazing. Now, does it happen overnight? No, it takes some time. But eventually the ship gets righted. Not that it was ever really, you know, off course or anything. But, you know, Bailey left. Oh, what's going to happen to the NXT women's division? And I was one of those people. I always ask that question because I love NXT and I don't want to see people leave. I wish people would just stay there. You know, bring back Balor. Bring back American Alpha. But, you know what? It, they just keep rolling along. And, you know, there's a ton of talent out there. You know, we're seeing it with Rude and Aries and guys coming over from TNA. Uh, you know what? Just good stuff. And it's I'm so happy that NXT is able to keep progressing. And we're not really seeing it fall off, at least for very long. So let's move along to the uh, main roster. I want to ask you guys a question. And you can uh, tweet at me, at 20min, time limit on Twitter. Um, I want to know from you guys, you know, when a superstar returns, you know, from, like, let's just say Goldberg, for instance, when a guy returns and, you know, you have that moment in the ring where the timing is off or, you know, maybe, and it's not just Goldberg, but we saw it with Charlotte a little bit where she, you know, at Hell in the Cell where she kind of slipped off the top turnbuckle and kind of just glided down to the ring apron and it kind of, kind of uh, spoiled uh, a, a spot and um, you know we saw on Monday Night Raw Goldberg in the ring with Rusev which was pretty cool and uh, you know he goes to block a punch before Rusev really even threw the punch and then he kind of tackles him and slips in the ring uh, before getting Rusev up in the jackhammer which I thought was great and the spearing of Paul Heyman uh, who took it like a weeble wobble uh, I thought was fun too but I want to ask you guys your opinion. You know, you know, does seeing a superstar not be crisp and slip, uh, does that ruin it for you guys? Because I kind of got that feeling while I was watching Monday Night Raw. You know, Goldberg came out, crowd was hot again for him. They were chanting his name. And, you know, it was almost like that one moment where he kind of went to go block Rusev before Rusev threw a punch and then slipped in the, against the ropes when he had him sort of wrapped up. And you just felt like the air was taken out of the crowd. And, you know, this might be an obvious thing that I'm asking, but I'm asking anyways. I want your guys' opinion on it because that's just what I noticed. I, You know, and they got back into it. I mean, spearing Paul Heyman. If some anybody spears Paul Heyman and, and you're not excited after you see that, uh, you're nuts. And you should probably just go home. But, you know what, I, for me, it was kind of weird. It was almost like, you know, the, I, when Goldberg showed up, it was awesome. It was emotional. People, guys were crying. People were text tweeting me, sorry, and saying, you know, they were they were emotional watching it. And, you know, you, you kind of had Brock Lesnar come out with Paul Heyman and then the whole being in Minnesota and trying to get Lesnar over as a heel in his home state, which is ludicrous in my opinion. And I believe it's about time that Brock Lesnar starts talking because we've heard him in those backstage uh, filmed promos where Michael Cole is asking him questions and he's talking about, you know, you know, he doesn't care about Goldberg's wife or his son and, and, you know, whatever, he doesn't care if they die or whatever happens to them and, and, you know, stuff like that. And even his UFC stuff with the bud won't pay me. So I drink Coors Light and I go home to my wife and, and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to finish that last part, but because this is a PG podcast after all, uh, according to iTunes. Uh, but you know, 
he can talk. This guy can say things. And it's, there, you know, this has been weighing on me from time to time now. It's just where, you know, we see Lesnar show up and Heyman does the talking and then they leave. And nothing rarely ever happens. And I really thought that that moment with Lesnar, Lesnar should have just grabbed the mic, told the crowd to shut up, told the crowd to eat it. The same way Y2J did this week and the same way uh, AJ Styles did on SmackDown, you know, telling the crowd, hey, I know what my I know my name. You don't need to chant it to me and the crowd boos, you know, or Y2J talking about being Canadian and America sucks and uh, the crowd's booing him. But anyways, back to the point, uh, back to Goldberg Lesnar. I just feel like, you know what, it's the air is coming out of the balloon a little bit here. And uh, you know what, like Goldberg needed that spear. I mean, something needed to happen. And now I'm back on this train. I'm back. I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. I can't wait. I can't wait to see this. I know a lot of people are still sort of humming and hawing and uh, I don't know. It's Goldberg Lesnar. You know, we kind of saw this before and uh, you know, WrestleMania 20. I'm excited for it. I'm excited. I'm back on the train. As long as Goldberg, somebody is doing something, uh, I'm invested. Speaking of doing something, speaking of promos, uh, let off the top in NXT with the promos, Charlotte. Absolutely amazing. I know, again, a lot of people disappointed that Sasha Banks didn't walk out of Hell in the Cell with the Women's Championship. Well, it's in Boston, you know, so wrestling history would show when you're not going to get a favorable outcome in your hometown. Now, not that, you know, that should really matter. What really matters here is, is what we've got with Charlotte, lover or hate her, we've got somebody now with some importance. We've, we've got somebody who has a streak of not losing at a pay-per-view, which is cool because now every time she goes into a pay-per-view, you're thinking, well, you know, could she lose this match? Maybe. You know, if it comes down to it, I'm, you know, I think I'm predicting it's going to be Bailey versus Charlotte at WrestleMania 33. Bailey not only winning the women's championship after being the underdog on the buildup from now until April, but not only that, not only winning the title and having her WrestleMania moment, but being the first to dethrone Charlotte on a pay-per-view. So important right there. So good. So amazing to have that. And you know what? Maybe Charlotte wins and maybe she continues on. I don't know. You know, there's something about a streak, right? Goldberg's streak, the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. Now, I'm not comparing this to those, but I'm just saying, you know, eventually the streaks get important. And I feel like we've got that with Charlotte. It's important. And you know what else is important? She's going to be potentially the female Ric Flair. I mean, she in some of our eyes, she already kind of is. She comes down. She's got the music with the techno. She woos every once in a while. She's got the robes and stuff like that. She's getting really good on the mic and calling out Sasha Banks and, you know, Bailey was really good in this whole queen persona. But the fact that she's now won the women's championship two or three times is Really, really cool in my opinion. And you know what? I hope she goes on to be like the 16-time women's champion and we're looking in the future for somebody to match that accomplishment. I mean, the irony alone is amazing for me. Um, moving on, let's move on to SmackDown. We've only got a couple minute, couple more minutes left here in the podcast, but uh, I really liked 
I haven't always been on the James Ellsworth train, and I know uh, tweeting with a lot of you, you know, we're all kind of starting to wonder about this whole Dean Ambrose thing. Is he getting a little long in the tooth? How many how many chances is this guy gonna get? But I really feel like James Ellsworth really really helps this, and it, it, it makes it easier to get over the fact that it's still Ambrose versus Styles, and you know, everybody I think thinks going forward it's going to be Orton and Styles. I mean that kind of makes it's the logical choice if in fact randy orton is and his light bright eyes which i absolutely detest i'll talk about that in a few seconds but you know james ellsworth just adds an extra element to this feud you know he's funny he's got great facial expressions i love the whole redemption and trying to do right for dean ambrose but at the same time you weren't quite sure you know maybe he was gonna help styles all along you just didn't know I love James Ellsworth. I, oh, man, I cannot believe I'm even saying that but because uh, I was not high on this guy being involved in anything. But I like him in this. And you know what? Eventually, it's a great way to sort of prolong this. I mean, you got to keep the interest level in there because, like like I said, you know, how many chances is Dean Ambrose going to get? But you got to give Randy Orton some time to figure out whether or not he's going to pull a Daniel Bryan and turn on Bray Wyatt. Now, I mentioned the light bright eyes. There is only, in my opinion, one supernatural superstar that should be allowed to ever exist, and that's The Undertaker. It's not Bray Wyatt riding around in caskets, and it's not Randy Orton with light bright eyes. Now, I know wrestling is, it's, it's not for me anymore. You know, it's for the kids, Primarily, it's a PG show. Some of us are still holding on. Some of us from the from the uh, Attitude Era and even further back. But I'd like to guys get your. Let me know if any of you guys out there, fans of the Twenty Minute Time Limit or the Top Turnbuckle Podcast, have kids. Let me know, and they watch wrestling. I want to know. Do they find that entertaining? For like for myself, no. I didn't like the light bright eyes. You know, if it was a voice playing, maybe you heard a voice or something. I'd get that because. Randy Orton hears voices in his head, right? That's part of his theme song. And, you know, maybe he's hearing Sister Abigail, you know, because Bray Wyatt's been talking to her this whole time, apparently. Uh, But anything outside of that, I'm just not buying into. I don't want to see these guys riding around caskets. It's almost like the Wyatt's showing up, you know, out of nowhere is a little too much even. Like, I'd almost just rather not get that graphic pop up on the screen. I'd almost just rather see the lights go out, reappear, and there they are. You know, now that said, I would really like to see this whole thing. I'd love to see Randy Orton stick it out with Bray Wyatt. I hope this doesn't go down that Daniel Bryan route because I feel like that's, it's a little too soon. Like, I feel like we all still remember it, so maybe it shouldn't happen. But I really think I'd love to see Randy Orton maybe get Bray Wyatt into the title scene. I mean, I know that that's now a heel versus heel matchup. But, you know, on one side with AJ Styles, you've got a heel that everybody likes. For the most part, I mean, like 95% of the WWE universe actually likes AJ Styles and they're not booing him. They love him because he's got the phenomenal forearm. He's got all these crazy moves. Uh, And you know what? I don't know. Maybe that's not such a bad matchup. And then we finally get Bray Wyatt in a main event match for the title, which he, you know, will likely lose because that's what Bray Wyatt does. He does not win. And speaking of winning, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I totally forgot that Dolph Ziggler was the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, The Miz should still be the Intercontinental Champion, and Dolph Ziggler should be retired. 
Now, that said, I love the segment on the Miz TV segment with Daniel Bryan and the Miz. I mean, these guys together, even though Daniel Bryan can't wrestle, it's gold. Every time they have their little spats, their little disagreements, their arguments, whether it's talking smack or Miz TV, it's awesome. I love the way Daniel Bryan just set the Miz up for disappointment, you know, announcing everybody that was going to be on SmackDown Survivor Series traditional five-on-five tag team. But, and I cannot believe I said that again, like I've nailed that every time now, and it surprises me each and every time. But I loved the way he played along, and I love The Miz just being like, no, I'm doing it on my terms. You know, I'm not scared, I'm just doing it on my terms. And I, you know, I kind of got confused there for a second when I heard Dolph Ziggler say he was having an open title challenge, and and it was for Raw. And I kind of was like, wait, wait a second, did he just like misspeak? And then once JBL sort of ran with it, I was like, well, I guess this is kind of a thing that's happening, I guess. You know, I don't quite understand that. I'd like to see guys on SmackDown. I know the roster's really thin, and I know I've gone over the 20-minute time limit, but I'm going to go for a little bit longer. I know the rosters are thin. But, I mean, you got to stop having guys like Kurt Hawkins just get super kicked and squashed. I mean, there's still, I know everybody hates it, Apollo Crews. I I don't want to see The Miz one more time against Dolph Ziggler unless this is just going to put the baby to bed and The Miz walks out with the Intercontinental Championship. But, I mean, maybe if The Miz can do something where he screws over Dolph Ziggler in a creative way that, you know, we haven't seen in a while or maybe we haven't seen ever I'll think about some ways. I'll let them marinate. I'll ponder how The Miz can get the belt back without actually having to wrestle Dolph Ziggler. Because, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm tired of seeing repetitive matches. Now, that being said, I'm going to close this podcast by saying, and I've said this in the past, I love SmackDown. I think SmackDown is a better show. I think the stories are being told better. It's easier to follow. It's an hour less than Raw. I mean, unfortunately, Raw has that going for them where they've just got that one extra hour and one of those hours in three hours is just too much. But with SmackDown, I find it absolutely amazing that with the roster they have, as thin as it is and as sexy as Raw's roster is, even with the injury to Finn Balor and even, you know, with John Cena not being around SmackDown, I just, you know what, I got to give it up to these guys for being able to tell compelling stories with such a thin roster and keep it going it's absolutely fantastic so anyways as i said bobby Roode on friday i cannot wait check out the top turnbuckle podcast i'll obviously tweet out the link subscribe on itunes guys like i said i told you guys you guys have supported me from day one and i absolutely love you guys for it i appreciate it so much And I told you, man, the more listens, the more subscribes, the more reviews, the more ratings on iTunes, man, it helps us out. And the more we get, the more superstars we get to interview and interview for you guys so you guys can enjoy it. So anyways, I want to thank you guys again and check out that interview. I'm going to have it ready for you guys on Friday. Check it out. Enjoy it. And everybody, enjoy the weekend. And I will talk to you again next week.